0: This is Back to Debbie, a show brought to you by campus again. This podcast specializes in collegiate football players and their potential for future fantasy success in the NFL. I'm your host, Mike V. This is my co-host, Corey P. And today, we're going to give out some awards. And we're also going to be checking in on our pre-season, preseason deep shots. But first, Corey with the news.
1: Yeah, and first, just a few injuries to hit off here. First, uh, over to SMU quarterback Preston, who broke his leg in this last game. Um, so that'll be something to watch going on throughout the offseason. He had a really strong finish this season, actually. I really wanted to actually get a deeper look into him. I know you were saying you looked at him. You were actually pretty impressed with what you've seen?
0: Yeah, no, I thought he really kind of turned to stone over like, midseason. Like, really kind of came into it. Just got comfortable. <laughs> turned to stone, okay. I it. Yeah,
1: dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh heading over to Alabama, where uh running back Jason McClellan was seen on crutches after the game as well. Not sure if that's serious or what. I mean, sometimes it's just a precautionary thing, but he's likely headed into the NFL draft, so that might be something to watch if you're a Jason McClellan fan. Not sure I am anymore. Heading over first to the transfer portal entries here. We're getting some guys that are going to uh enter the transfer portal. I believe it opens up on December 4th, something like that. I will make sure I get that for the next show. Yeah, there we that's go right. thank, thank you Mike heading over to the big one that just dropped before we started recording that's Kansas State quarterback Will Howard who was uh we were a little bit of a fan of him um guy that we thought was pretty underrated uh played pretty well this year got injured Avery Johnson came in a little bit so I'm thinking that's probably the reason maybe Kansas State wants to go forward with Avery Johnson Will Howard might be looking for a bump up a lot of situations out there uh is there any out there that you kind of like Mike for him to land maybe uh you're Kentucky I think that's kind of a nice spot uh, Alabama needs a quarterback. Um, <laughs> Austin just said that Jalen Miller was better than Will Howard. so That's not even true. I,
0: Austin had a kid. Dude, he's losing. it. He has no sleep. <laughs> he's, he's tired. He's uh, uh, losing the grip on reality. Um, but, no, I, I, Kentucky would be fine, dude. I don't know. The thing is, I want someone to show off his arm a little bit more. Uh, we, I, I feel like I've watched more Kansas football than any other team this
1: year. Fuck me and too, like, man. So weird. It's, yeah, yeah, we're like I we're like, like super well,
0: fans of them. I think they were if they were good TV this year. I'll tell you that. So, yeah. but like playing through injuries, still kind of getting the ball off though. And then like last week against this snow game, like he's still making good throws. His receivers aren't the best, and they're like dropping balls. But like it was like his stats might not reflect how good of a season it really was, but it was a good season. So I have to imagine, and we were talking about pre-show that he's transferring up. And to me, that has to be an SEC school. Like, I don't know, like Auburn? Like Auburn's going to be somebody. Yeah, that could be something. Let's just hope it's not like
1: Vanderbilt or something, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, Heading over to his running back, though, at Kansas State, Trishon Ward also entering the portal. I guess... Kind of foretold this with the uh with the rise of VJ Gins here over the back half of the season, kind of really solidified taking that job from Ward. So he's off to another place after losing his job to Benson last year at Florida State. Now loses the job here at Kansas State. It's been a bit of a tough road for poor little Trayshawn Ward. Uh over to Iowa State, where running back Cartavius Norton is also going intending to enter transfer portal. Uh Michigan State quarterback Katen Hauser, is gonna be entering the portal, and Texas AM quarterback. Max Johnson intends to enter the portal uh, and just a few senior in bowl invites here that were accepted Louisville wide receiver Jamari thrash a guy that we kind of like a little bit he's accepted and South Carolina quarterback Spencer Rattler accepted his invite that could be really good for him a guy that's had some attitude issues uh, some character concerns I guess it's gonna be good for him to brush up with some NFL executives there and paints a good picture of himself heading into the draft. And guys, be sure to head over to the website at CampusToCanton.com where you can become a member with one of our many subscription options, some of which include access to our draft guides that are going to be coming out this offseason, our CFF projections, advanced metric tools that you guys see posted all over Twitter. Uh, the brand new C2C Winning Edge is going to keep you on date on all the school depth charts, all the movement throughout the offseason, statistical projections that are going to be coming, returning production that's going to be coming up as well. So make sure you guys are checking out the Family of Podcasts and the YouTube channel to make sure you guys are staying up to everything going on throughout the offseason all right
0: guys you guys missed out on black friday sales so guess what it's christmas around the corner and we have a deal for you Corey. i'm going to get you a t-shirt with connor stallion's face on it um <laughs> <laughs> no but i, I i'm going to be shopping at Homefield apparel Homefield apparel has all your athletic gear from your favorite university not just football but other sports as well too Uh, Even some deeper ones too, but it's all vintage retro athletic gear from your favorite universities and you can get the promo code campus the number two in Canton for 15% off your first purchase at home field apparel can't be can't be too early on buying those Christmas gifts
1: then they come in too late you know you're like on etsy shopping for your wife and it's just not coming till like february and you're just i've you're... already i did a huge order on like amazon and now they have that thing where you can like split it up between like a bunch of months i swear i did like a thousand dollar order got all my christmas gifts and it's just like taking like a hundred dollars off every month for like the next like six months or whatever so I'm like whatever i'm done now at least i'll just come into
0: my door wow, Corey, cory cory flexing us with the money didn't know he was like that up there in Canada.
1: <laughs> a thousand loonies you said it's all it's dollars. all that money i make here at c2c
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah I gotta good. split up my articles more. I haven't wrote, written wrote, I haven't written a single article less than two thousand words for this company, and I I need to start doing that. It's
1: quality, not quantity.
0: Yeah, I don't get paid though for quality. <laughs> 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 Anyway, um, guys, we're doing our award episode. Um, also, speaking of articles, I'm going back to articles. Not doing awards yet. Just finished up my big board QB article, and by the time this episode airs, actually the quarter, the running back and wide receiver articles should be dropping. They're just my early like big boards for uh, wide receiver, running back, and quarterback, quarterback, wide receiver, running back. No tight ends. I'm not doing big boards for tight ends. Go somewhere else for that. I'm not doing that. Uh, but. <laughs> I was pretty spot on last year for running bass, fourteen for eighteen. Pretty proud of that. I don't think I'll ever repeat that. I look back at my wide receiver score, Corey, by the way. I stopped counting because I was it was very not good. It was like <laughs> off by one round, like a lot.
1: So it's it always not... it's always random though with wide receivers. It's just we just have these random guys selected high and whatever. And then that's why we gotta really rely on like the profiles we build and, and what we look at because you know mistakes are made at the NFL level too, and we gotta try to avoid those landmines as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of like testing and then the senior the senior ball thing matters the most.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. Narratives, stuff like that get get pushed up into uh and then owners like to hear those things and you got a winner on your hands, and then you get Bryce Young first overall instead of Stroud. So that's what
0: you get. You get some guy going to the combine doing a 29-inch vert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, let's get into the awards. We're doing awards, uh superlatives, whatever you want to call it. But uh let's start off with the most Improved Corey, you could start off with that most improved award,
1: yeah. So, I guess throughout the entire season here, this is kind of the guy that rose the most in my rankings, um, or at least until it into a point that I think it, is worth talking about. And that's Oklahoma State, uh, running back Ollie Gordon, um, went on to finish as nation's leader in rushing yards, second in rushing touchdowns, explosive to first in 15 plus yard runs, uh. First in 10 plus yard runs in the power five, even managed to catch over 30 balls. He's up to RB 16 or so for me, and he'll probably push for a top 10 spot by next year when all is said and done.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Ollie Gordon. Corey talking about Ollie Gordon for like every week in a row, last four weeks. Who would have saw that? <laughs> Did I talk about him last week? I I, feel, I don't know. I could be just me making that up, but I feel like it's safe that <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like
1: it might be, it might be, but he, he's, he's my biggest riser.
0: Yep. Alright, so this one for me is another running back, which is kind of funny for saying most improved. Amarian Hampton, UNC running back for uh, you know, the chap for Chapel Hill there. But anyway, uh, Amarian Hampton, right? Uh, me and Corey, I'm asking for myself. I thought he was a plotter. Didn't even want him in the guide. I had to give some props to Austin, who had to use his my guide so he wouldn't put him in tier 7 and put him in like tier 6. Uh, I didn't <clears> want him in the guide, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so, uh, but Amari Martin Hampton's been like, he's been good these last couple weeks uh, for rushing here. He has one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row over 100 yards against actual opponents to Miami, Virginia, Georgia Tech, Campbell. It's just Campbell, but Duke and Clemson as well. Um, he's been not a plotter. He's six foot 220. I don't really think he's 220, but he's definitely over 210. Um, not like a great athlete. But like he's got some really fast feet. Like he makes it work too. Like he won't be winning with speed, doesn't have the to top and acceleration. But like I think he's a guy. I'm not sure if I'm gonna sit here and say he's like a day two guy next year, but he's gonna be like the day three guy that you just know if he lands in a good spot, like you feel pretty comfortable about him at the NFL level. I really like his footwork though. Like that's that's just really the key here. So Martin Hampton for me is the most improved player, a guy that I thought was a plotter and turned out to have some really good footwork.
1: Yeah, I I also like that he is kind of running to his size a little bit more. I still want to see him drive into guys like a little bit more, uh, like at the point of contact. He was like. Yeah, he was under three yards after contact last year. I know smaller sample size, but even on the bigger sample size, he's up to four point three seven. So uh, that's pretty good. That was like fifth in the in the Power Five, which I, is what I have in my notes. I think that might have been from last week. I'm not sure if that changed at all going into this week. So sorry if that's slightly wrong, but it's up there. He's he's definitely like top in in the nation right now for yards after contact. So I like that about his profile as well. So yeah, he's he's been a he's been a pretty big riser for me as well.
0: Biggest disappointment, Corey. You want me to go first on this one because your spot's a little blank on the sheet. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure. <laughs> all right. I'll take I'll take the low-hanging fruit here. It's pretty obvious for all of us. <clears throat> Raheem Sanders running back for Arkansas, once considered the RV1 in the class. Um, let's just be real here. He put on weight. We've been playing about it a ton of times. So, if you're new to the show, I'm kind of going through all this he put on weight, lost clearly lost functional mobility when you watch him play football. Uh, just looks slower, less crisp out there. He's supposed to be 240, like 6'2", two, 240. It's all from a year, though. He put together a complete tape. I mean, showcased everything you want to see in an NFL running back and looked good doing it. He's just not the same person. Torn labrum here at the end of the year probably saved him. Like, There's no way he's going to draft now. came and test in the combine to prove that he's better than what we think he is. So I think Raheem Sanders goes back, and I'm hoping – that he's like wins our comeback of the year award next year, but <laughs> he is 100% the biggest disappointment in all of debut football this year.
1: Yeah. I don't know how to even like quantify what's happened like to him this year or how to properly rank it or whatever. Like I want to give some leniency for the injury, but then there's also the weight and then, Coming back, and then is this a chronic issue? Because it seemed like he couldn't fix it, whatever it was, this year. So I don't know. I, definitely a guy that I'm, I'm way more concerned about uh, going into next season. Yeah, it, it um, was
0: a it was a knee issue for him, but torn labor labrum, like shoulder, like that's fine. But it was a, it was yeah. a knee issue. but I mean, the knee I'm issue,
1: really, yeah. I don't know what I don't know what's going on there. If that's a chronic thing, because it, he just hasn't seemed himself since that knee issue. But
0: you know what always helps people with their knees when they lose weight. Lose weight,
1: Raheem Sanders, please. <laughs>
0: Go back yeah, down to two thirty where you were before, please.
1: Uh, and another guy, actually, that put on weight at the beginning of the season that we were excited about. I can't remember how much weight it actually was. I think it was about eight or nine pounds. Um, but going over to my biggest faller, at least uh, the way I kind of did this was maybe the most impactful faller because like, he didn't actually fall super far in my rankings. But it's like my level of confidence in him has dropped considerably, and that's Penn State running back Nicholas Singleton. Like even even after last week's game, when it was like his best game of the season. He's still averaging less than three yards after contact. One of the lowest numbers for a power five running back and, I thought that was pretty surprising because I thought that was one of his best traits last year. You know, blowing through guys, the power he ran with—that was one of the things I really liked. You mentioned it a bunch of times. His longest run was only 20 yards this year, up to 24 yards from last week, but still only a 24-yard yeah. run. Yeah. Like he—he <laughs> he set the bar high for himself after that freshman year, and he just didn't follow it up. Like I'm still not out on him. I know, like mid-season, we debated. I remember uh, Quichon Judkins or Singleton. I said Singleton at the time. I'd switch that now for sure. After watching, after okay. looking a little bit deeper into it now, but. The community has kind of settled on, you know, and, uh, for projection to the NFL, best season for running backs, right? As the more predictive element. So I still think, you know, with the traits and situation, he could still be a guy who bounces back again. A guy I'm going to hope is, is our comeback player of the year last year. But yeah, I just think it's going to be really hard to have confidence selecting him before like freaking round th- three next year. If you're in a startup, would you select him before round three?
0: No, I would not. Not before round yeah. like round two earlier. No, but round three, like maybe, I would feel t- I would feel sick though doing it. Like I would I would feel sick.
1: Yeah, that's really that's the big thing. It's just the, the amount of confidence that I had at the beginning to where it is now is that's my biggest faller of the year.
0: I do want to say this. I just want like for everyone listening, just to put it in a comparison. On 156 carries last year, he had 34 missed tackles for us. Last year – or this year, he only had 20, so about half. And then yards after contact, 4.6 yards after contact as a true freshman, 2.8 as a sophomore. It's it's down across the board. He's supposed to be like an ultra athlete, and now he's just – Yeah, he's not even not breaking big He's not even Yeah. All right. What a disappointing thing to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get over to the comeback player of the year. So guys are just coming back from the dead. We've written them off. We've we've Geno Smith them. We and they they didn't write back to us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um you, do you want to start us off here?
1: Yeah, this time I'm taking the low-hanging fruit on the table here. Um and it, you know, it's LSU quarterback Jane Daniels, essentially a guy who has written off the Jordan of the Debbie community coming into the year. Um, I really saw some growth over the past two years so like last year very safe you know didn't push the ball down the field but like maturity took care of a ball delivered it knew it when to, went to throw it away or just whatever like didn't push didn't didn't take many risks this year. He kind of put it all together. He took that step forward, like more than doubled his career high in touchdown passes, highest completion percentage of his, uh, of his career. Um, third highest big time throw percentage in the power five, uh, mechanics looked better. I thought he's activating his lower half better. It's, it's a complete motion that I wanted to see, not from his freshman season where he barely used his legs in his motion. Like he showed touch, he showed drive on the ball and, and the seventh leading rusher in the entire power five with over 1200 yards. It's just, it's the type of season, um, that's really hard to ignore and he really just came back from the dead with a vengeance with this season potential quarterback three for this upcoming class
0: and yeah and i i really harp on like processing and just the mental game of it like last year like simple play calling like it was a lot of like yeah five yard comeback routes they had a run and he would just look at first read and the first read he wasn't there he'd go run uh so just even as like a mental like Quarterback, he looked much different like going through his reads. wasn't panicking the pocket. I I liked a lot of what we saw this year. It's just, it's just so hard to tout him this year because we've just seen him for three years just be so meh. Yeah, and it's it's yeah, can't I can't get over that. But he's he's certainly probably the comeback player of the year
1: for us. It's been a weird road for him too, right? It's like at the Arizona State, really nice freshman season. Then he had the COVID year, which kind of stunted everything. Then he had a weird year where Arizona State was really bad that la- that last year he was there. Then he went then it was the change to LSU and a lot of change going on with Kelly coming in there as a the head coach and then you know learning the system a little bit and I feel like it all kind of came together this year. I feel like there's a little bit of context there but at the same time I agree there is there are a lot of questions in his profile up until this point but I mean yeah it's just hard to ignore at this point.
0: Yeah 100%. Uh, now for mine the comeback player of the year I put in Brian Thomas Jr fellow teammate there at LSU. Um, also been talked about on the show before. He was in a possession role. Like he was the true freshman trio, trio could be a quad a druplet, quadruplet. It was anyway, more like
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> it was like five of them. Anyway, the true freshmen yeah, of, that, of that wide receiver group were Malik Neighbors, Deion Smith, Brian Thomas, Chris Chris Hill denied the year one zero, so he can get he can cross off. But like Dak Besh, the tight end slash wide receiver. That was actually like a lot of fun to watch for a reason. But um <laughs> Like, out of the four of them, Bleak Neighbors came out sophomore year. Everyone else just kind of died off. We wrote off Brian Thomas. He was in possession role. He looked terrible. It's not his thing. And then as a junior year, they move him to the outside. They use him for, like, as like a deep threat. Just a speed guy. Just get downfield as fast as you can. You know, just has a good release of the line. Kind of splits the arms. Doesn't really win the physical game. More about just trying to get around the player. Uh, and then he's got, like, a lot of length. Like, his arms are long. So, as, like, a deep threat, like, a speed deep threat. You don't need, like, a pinpoint accurate QB. You just need to throw in his zip code and he can do some adjustments for it. So, like, he's he's come a long way, too. There's, like, debates, so though, if he's a first-round QB. Like, I've seen Mike Remmer at PFF talk about him being a first-round QB. I don't know. Sorry, excuse me. Wide receiver, not QB. And I'm just not – I don't know if I'm there. I don't know if I'm there. Like, I think his skill set is very one-dimensional, but he's very excellent at it. I don't really yeah. believe yeah. in those guys being first-round uh, talents, though.
1: I agree. I think he's actually more raw in as a complete wide receiver than people are giving him credit for. They see the spectacular touchdown catches, they see the long plays and stuff that he's doing. That's like really like his role right now almost. You're not seeing a lot of like intermediate usage or the short game or like crisp route running or anything like that. Totally agree with you. I see a, a little bit of a one element player right now, but a player with a lot of room for growth as well, which which makes his profile a lot more appealing at the next level. I wanted to give out one honorable
0: mention. Um uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you had one too, but I wanted to give an honor mention to Roman Wilson. Very similar to Ryan Thomas, where like got on the radar as a true freshman, and then just disappeared for like two years there for Michigan. And he's now the number one target for them. He's been a little banged up the last couple of weeks, but overall, like he's been JJ McCarthy's safety blanket. And he looks, I mean, he looks good. He's certainly off showing off NFL level speed. Uh, definitely still raw, but like you know, from a guy that you would have never thought about going and getting drafted. Feels like, not I can't say safe bet, like, but feels like day two is certainly well within his grasp.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I didn't actually put uh, an honorable mention for here. There was one guy you mentioned here. I was gonna ask you who you kind of hoped maybe would be in this category next year, but you mentioned somebody's kind of interesting. You are gonna hope that maybe uh, future Ole Miss wide receiver Dion Smith is gonna be the guy here next year? It could be, dude. I, <laughs> I I love the JUCO portal. I've been wrong a
0: lot about the JUCO portal. You know, talking about <laughs> Colby Young, but like every single year, the JUCO guy comes out to the draft and he just tortures the NFL. This year is Tank Dell. Tank Dell is a JUCO guy, uh, and like Antonio Gibson and Rashad White, also a JUCO. Like, there's always one JUCO guy, like each class that feels like I'm trying to pick him up, but I keep picking the wrong guys. Dude, thought it was gonna be Colby Young, <laughs> talking to Malik Benson. We'll see about Malik Benson, but yeah, yeah, yeah Leon I, Smith I, certainly is a candidate for next
1: year. I still don't think Colby Young was the worst call. I think we still got it at the right point and we projected that he was going to show growth and develop a little bit more. And it's possible that he just is what he is a really big possession wide receiver that, you know, maybe might not be any as dynamic as we hoped he would, you know, kind of uh, develop into, but uh, I'm still not off on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, accountability award
0: players that have changed our minds. Core, you want to go first?
1: I think this one can be quick because we already talked about Mar- uh, Marian Hampton. I didn't realize you were going to mention him up there. I probably should have looked at the list a little bit harder. <laughs> but oh, yeah, my accountability board is Omari Hampton, and I, I just echoing a lot of what you said. I I pegged him as a plotter. He was very inefficient last year. He was not good at using his size. All those things have improved this year and he's showing growth. I still only have him like I don't know where you have him in your rankings. Maybe that's something we can talk about. I have him in like my late twenties, I believe, like running back twenty-eight or something like that. And so I think he can continue to show growth and I'll I'll buy more into him. Um but I think he's showing some good things things this year. And I think I gotta I I gotta say I was way too low on him entering the year where he was like in my forties or something.
0: Okay, I'm at RB twenty seven. So I'm just okay, there yeah, with so,
1: you. yeah, we're right, we're right around there as well. Yeah.
0: It's gonna go up though once we get these names out of here. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he will be
1: like it'll be like a twenty be uh, yeah. Because there's not many I, there's not many at the top.
0: No, it's been disappointing. It's yeah, been disappointing. it has.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I wrote two guys that uh, also for the sake of accountability, since it's the accountability award, I wrote Amarian Hampton after you wrote him. So Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm the one that cheated. There you go. But Thank you. Anyway. <laughs>
1: anyway. Uh, in the spirit of the award, that was good.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, I, I put down I put down two names here. So I'm just gonna go with Romo Dunze here. I was really skeptical of him as a wide receiver coming in. Like it's it's I said before I don't like watching Pac-12 players. It's hard to tell if they're actually good or their defenses are just really terrible. And you can always count on the defense as being really terrible. Um, it's pretty consistent. I mean, Bo Nix right now, for example, it's in the highest race. He's only played one top fifty defense so far this year you know it's it's Pac-12 is just bad so Romo Dunes has changed my mind but also like Keon Coleman Keon Coleman was on this list too for me I I checked at end of last year I had him like wire receiver 70. Oh
1: yeah him, he was he was low for me too yeah
0: yeah I I wasn't sure like Michigan just wants their guys Michigan State just wants to run their guys straight line and like that's it they're just straight line runners that's all they have them do and so like he looked great in a straight line, like jump ball, like good goodbye adjustment, like just contested catch monster. And that Ellis, no, was you, excuse me at FSU. I've gotten to see Keon Coleman, like actually kind of do some more in breaking stuff. And I can see more of his movement. I think they're misusing him, but at least I got a better idea for how he actually can move in his body. So uh, like I've, they, those two players have changed my mind. I don't, I I think Rome might be a first-round wide receiver, not like a high first-round wide receiver. And I think Keon Coleman's like a – these guys are second-round picks at a minimum to me. I'm just not sure what the ceiling is. But I, I think these guys both have NFL-level skill sets.
1: Yeah, Keon Coleman, another player that we've talked about for like the fifth time in a row. But Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we talked about it a lot. But you missed one here. You missed a guy here that you need to have some accountability for. Who? Troy Franklin.
0: No. No. Yes. Yeah. You no. will. You so, will. Time, this, yes. He'll be time, here. I he'll be maybe here next he year. Can be a two no. on the NFL level. I'm not he'll like be gonna here for you up. next year. He'll be here for you next year. All I'm right.
1: going to make you have accountability. If he's Are you
0: saying he's going back to school? He's not coming out. No,
1: he's not going back to school. No, I'm just going to make you <laughs> take accountability for it. You no, know, all season I
0: had him at the lowest wide receiver, 25, back in January, and now he's wide receiver 22, so he's moved up a little bit, three spots too low <laughs> we'll see uh let's go on to our next one though the left for dead award right uh just guys that we're just out on like they're dead to us this year they are dead they're done don't care about them core you can start off on this one
1: yeah i took the easy one last time so i will go here and i'm heading over to michigan with running back donovan edwards uh like i already had a hard time pulling the trigger on him uh, like at his price point last year and now i'm never gonna be able to draft him where he's going to go because I, I imagine he returns next year Um, So I I imagine there's going to be a huge value bump as he's likely going to be the guy to lead Michigan's backfield barring unforeseen circumstances unless he transfers or something like that. But that alone is probably going to price him out of any range that I'd be comfortable spending on him. Like his play strength is awful for a running back. The vision just hasn't developed. He's essentially like a stretch outside runner with like receiving drops and a really light build right now. Like that's the kind of profile headed into year four that that does not give me much confidence so if he ends up turning it around and becomes the guy that we hoped it could be it's not going to be for me and it probably won't be a any of my teams because i am out on donovan edwards headed into this offseason
0: i mean yeah i agree with you people still ask me well what do i think about him for the nfl draft and i'm like he's a udfa he's a udfa if he goes to draft this year
1: yeah, that's, well it's because he was in a lot of like like uh Bruegler had him like top five. He's like his no, he was above quorum from I believe coming into the year, like running back three. I get it, I get the upside. That was projection, and i I, I applaud him for projecting. A lot of people are scared to do it. Yeah, obviously, it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think that's a necessity. Uh yeah.
1: mine uh is Jaquindon Jackson. Uh people
0: were hyping mm-hmm. him up, couldn't be me. Um <laughs> I, I love Jaquinden, but Jaquenton last yeah. year was a phenomenal athlete. Utah State, Utah, Utah, not Utah State, excuse me. Utah running backs do go to the draft. They're like, they don't really ever do anything in the NFL, though, but they get there. Um, they don't make athletes. Jaquinn is just a natural athlete. Last year, I think he was averaging seven yards per carry. He was breadbasket carrying this ball through the hole, but, like, he was showing really good, like, vision, some good footwork, some good cuts, like, some good contact bounce. Like, it, he showcased a lot of, like, mm-hmm the micros that we like, but not like the nuance type stuff, like the real stuff that like separates the elite guys from, from, uh, just like regular running backs. And, and this year, like nothing's holding him back. He had a good offensive line. It's the same system. Like nothing should change their quarterback hurt, So you're like, all right, well, they can't be throwing the ball too much this year. Cause they're doing their backup QB. Like the guy to be grinding, grinding, pounding the ball. And he opens up in like a, a running back committee. And he's like the primary pass blocking running back. Um, uh, He's been disappointing. I want to say, I literally think this last game he went like 22 carries for like 60 yards. Like he's. It was bad. It was bad, yeah. He's been bad this year. He's been bad. He's been very much not a Debbie asset, very regular. Uh, and I understand that he was a QB converted running back, so like I'm asking him to take massive steps in a short amount of time. And that's what kind of happens when you convert positions late. Like, that's – yeah, that's what happens. Like, I don't – I'm not going to care about if he turns like 25 – like 25 years old, goes to the NFL draft, like finally figures it out. So – Jaqueline Jackson is left for dead for me, and I'm also apologizing to the fan base. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't on it, too. I was outing his name, too, because he legitimately looked good during down the stretch last year, breaking those huge plays, showing some lateral agility, like getting outside. And there was a little bit of an injury coming into the year. I don't know if we can give any context to that. He dealt with it throughout the first couple of games. If that lingered on, but he's just been so inefficient, dude, like so bad. Like and like every and it, there's been a bunch of guys who have been more efficient in him in the exact same situation. So like some people even want to point to like, oh, there was no quarterback, so people are just teeing off on the running game. Well, it's like, well then why are other running backs doing so well? That vacky guy that they converted for out of safety for a while was doing like <laughs> yeah, so good. And then like so Jalen exciting. Glover, the Jalen Glover this past weekend went over like a hundred yards in the same situation. They gave they gave Jaquinn 22 carries in that game. He didn't even come close to that. So it's just like. Yeah, it's brutal, dude. That's just a miss. Unfortunately, that's just a miss. It's a hard miss. uh Did
0: you want? Do you want to do some honorable mentions on this one? Because I kind of had like a list here, honestly.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll,
0: why don't you go ahead with your first guy there? I was going to do Roman Hemby, the running back from Maryland. Not a lot of people were like super big on him. Like it was a lot of people been like, "Oh, keep your eye on him." Like you know, some some fan clubs out there, but he's been pretty terrible this year. We talked about it last all season too. Like I. About like Josh Gaddis going there. The spring game looked terrible. The offensive line just looked terrible. Um, but Roman Henby's been one of those like really great, I shouldn't say great, had the potential to be a great collegiate running back, kind of lacked a lot of, like the NFL upside. Uh, but even at this point, like you can't even call him a good NFL or excuse me, a good collegiate running back. He's just he's just stuck there, dude. I mean, Josh Gaddis, like, there's no hope for him. Josh Gaddis is there, like that offense is gonna turn around.
1: It's it's not. <laughs> yeah and he was always a guy too that i think i don't know if i would have called him an nfl athlete either you seem to get tracked from behind i don't uh, find him like super sudden and like in like small spaces or anything like i think he was just pretty much average all around like he just seemed like a good college running back and i just don't think there was more than a udfa type type uh profile there for him anyway so yeah that's gonna be one that uh, we can leave for dead a little bit ornamental for me i'm almost scared to say this one okay because Again, this is a guy who broke year 10. This is a guy who had an in a serious injury that he could still be coming back from but we just haven't seen much development from Clemson wide receiver, Adam Randall, a guy who I really liked. I I was probably way too high on him now looking at it back at this point. Again, we never know what could have happened because of that injury, but we're looking at two years here where there hasn't really been much. He was healthy enough to play last year during his freshman season and break those year one zeros healthy enough to play like almost every freaking game this year. I I think he missed a few, but it wasn't in, it wasn't due to the knee or anything like that. Like this should have been a year that we saw some growth from him and we really didn't see it. Some of that is due to Kate club as well. So, I have a feeling somewhere down the line on like a last shot episode, I'm going to like be saying this guy's name again, but at least headed into this off season, man, I got to leave Adam Randall for dead. I can't pull the trigger on him anymore. I've got too many dead assets of him already sitting on my rosters. I'm leaving the rest for dead. I, I like that. I'm going
0: with his teammate, Bo Collins, another honorable mention. Ah, Bo yeah, Collins yeah, okay. It's just like, he's been on off hyped up, got hyped up a little bit this year by uh, his head coach there. Dabo. But, okay. By the way, real quick. Did you, see, did you see the rumors of Davo being in the hunt for the Texas A&M job?
1: I did see some of that. Yeah. Dude, I was
0: like that. pumped for like everyone in Clemson that we like, like, <laughs> like we get go. some,
1: get some modernness in there. Let, I something new. let Garrett Riley call some plays, please. Ooh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I,
0: <laughs> I really was pretty pumped about that. Anyway, Bo Collins though. Uh, he's a junior. I, if he doesn't transfer, like I think he's a prime. I talked about last week. He's a prime transfer out candidate. Like he has to realize like it's, if he's entering his senior year like he has no it's not working out at clemson for him so anyway bo collins though same thing court really said kind of like nailed it these guys are just kind of just duds they're just not doing anything and i don't know if it's fully their fault either like the quarterback play is terrible play calling is not good like it's yeah yeah weird clemson's not being the clemson of old i'll fight you on this last one you listen you listed here i will fight you To another team that struggled but actually has a coaching staff that knows how to adapt so some hope i guess but jermaine burton from alabama look i have (laughs) watched this guy for three years not know how to run routes he just runs into dbs who can't turn for some reason at six foot 200 pounds he's extremely athletic but somehow he can't turn he just runs into them flounders and maybe gets open and he shows up for like one game a year, and he always,
1: he always three, shows up. three games a year at least. Come this on, year, three this games. year was
0: three. This year was three. One of them was in Chattanooga, so let's call it two. But like <laughs> this man always shows up end of the year,
1: end of the year, just in time to give everyone some false hope. <laughs> so if you watched a three game sample of every year and you just chose the specifically right games, you think this guy was a stud?
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, mean, I don't That's know. True. Yeah. We, we talked about him a whole bunch. I mean he's obviously I think you you said in this class you've got him at like wide receiver 30 something, which is just like crazy. But I get it. I mean, yeah, he'll probably he'd probably still be in like my early twenties or something like that. Um uh, raw, and I just don't care about saying a player is raw
0: going to their senior year. I could just care less. I think you have two years of being called raw, but like by year three, I gotta see
1: some some the actual... one comparison. Yeah, sorry. The one comparison that we actually made with his profile was Rakeem Jarrett from last year. Again, another high-ranking guy who just never like seemed to fully take over that job or mm-hmm. fully thrive in that wide receiver one role. And he ended up oh, – didn't Rakeem Jarrett go undrafted? He was either undrafted or – yeah, undrafted. He was undrafted. Yeah, so he was super late. So, I mean, let's hope uh, – I mean, that could be the fate for Jermaine Burton at the end of the day. But there is some similarities there with that profile, which guys who never really – adapted to becoming the wide receiver one when they finally got the opportunity to be. I did write
0: in my wide receiver article that I think he gets drafted because he's going to perform well on the combine and he has the Alabama A on the side of his helmet. So you'll see him in late day three. Yeah. I wonder if he's a senior bowl guy, if he'll go. Maybe someone's going to say I can fix him. Yeah, I can fix him. That's what they're gonna say when they look at him. Like yeah, I can fix him.
1: Yeah, because we've heard about how good he looks in practice settings. Like that would be a place where like his he's gonna be like the Jonathan Mingo of like last year. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, all right, let's go on to our next award, the Face of the Future Award. We are looking at freshmen, and we're not looking at the obvious freshmen. So we're not gonna sit here and say Zachariah Branch or someone like obvious C.J. Baxter. Like we're not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. We're going to do guys that are a little bit lower down people's boards. Corey, give me your first face the future award.
1: No, go ahead. I,
0: I got the last one. Okay. I'll go with Abu Sama. The third, don't confuse him with his grandfather, Abu Sama, but i Sama The <laughs> third Iowa state running back, right? We love Iowa state, right? They gave us Brees hall. They gave us David Montgomery. I want to say there's someone for David Montgomery, but it's escaping me right now, but he's looked phenomenal. Uh, he's, he had some really nice quick footwork. He is probably a house. Like, I was going to get him everywhere in the in the offseason. And then he went off for, like, 300 yards this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, in a snow game. You know, defense really, like, couldn't turn. It was funny. Defense just couldn't turn. It just couldn't turn. But um he went off. He went off for, like, let me get the actual numbers here. 16 attempts for 273 yards and three touchdowns. He did have a fumble Jeez. in that snow game. It happens. Eleven missed tackles, four seventy-seven was his longest run. Look, uh, he has seven point three yards after contact. This is on seventy-two rushing attempts. This, again, this is <laughs> this is mostly because of this last game, but before that, I believe he was leading in Power Five and yards after contact anyway, with like four point five or something like that. So even outside this one game, pumping him up, he still was already a very good running back in small sample sizes. And the real thing, though, besides the small sample sizes, was his footwork, like comment commented this too. His start stop ability was kind of amazing on some of these plays that we saw him on, like, just small sample size. Mm-hmm. He was originally listed as like 185 pounds of recruit. He's now 200 pounds. When I watch him on TV, I think he's 200 pounds. So I believe that. I like that because I think he knows, like, he knows the importance of adding weight to his frame. So I'm feeling pretty good. He's going to hit that 205 by the NFL draft time rolls around. Uh, And Iowa State is just like, you know, I mean, they had that debacle preseason, so they don't really have an identity. I think they're going to build around them. like They're going to build around them because they don't have anything else there. And Cartagena's already in the portal. Uh, Jalen Noel's like getting old. Anyway, Abu Sama probably is the face of Iowa State football the next two years
1: yeah he's really like the only guy there that you're kind of even like excited about going forward i mean they really don't have that much to be looking forward to right now unfortunately this is with that jj noel and the jj cole all right this with both of those yeah (laughs) yeah. Uh, i drafted some jj cole too yeah i I thought he was gonna get a shot but he never ended it was opportunity driven i can't argue that yeah, no, it was opportunity-driven. Um, Yeah, I, I like that call, though. Abu Sama, a guy that um, you guys would have known about if you were listening to Back to Devi a little bit uh, a few weeks ago. Talked, about, weeks ago. Yeah, you, talked ago. about him two weeks ago. Thank you, Corey. Talked about him two weeks ago. For my guy, for my little underrated freshman year, a guy who's been flashing a little bit more than, than Abu Sama, but still not getting really talked about enough, I'm heading over to Georgia Tech uh, to talk about Eric Singleton Jr., who I think you know is going to be a riser by next year and probably be clued in that in that upper tier conversation, maybe by the end of next season, you know, I, I, he's not the most in the most in, inspiring place at Georgia Tech for Debbie Talent, but I just feel like you know it when you see it, right? You know, your eyes know it when they see it. I saw it when he caught that caught that pass over like I can't even remember the game now. I wish I could pull I pulled it up, but go look at his highlights. He has this amazing catch over the game over. Uh, he has this amazing catch over a DB for a guy with small size. He's 5'11", 175 pounds with elite speed, though. 10.2 100-meter 100 dash, 20.75 200-meter dash. He's been beating up on defenses down the field. He has, like, the most yards on 20-plus-yard t- uh, targets uh, than anyone else in his conference right now. He's flashed against good competition as well against Georgia last week, uh, 98 yards on four catches. And, he, again, he's flashed some really good hands going up the ladder that I really didn't expect from a guy of his size. Now, I, he will need to continue to develop and prove he's more than just like a downfield threat. Um, but again, this is the kind of speed that, uh, that I think um, this is the kind of speed that I think the NFL is really going to like. And I think he's setting himself up for a very nice trajectory um, with the way he started his freshman season this year. You're on mute. Yeah. I, I haven't fully
0: studied him. I really want to get there too. Cause it's, I don't know. I want to know if I can believe it or not. Also, just real quick, can Georgia, can Georgia Tech claim Jameer Gibbs? Because you kind of mentioned they're not like a Debbie school. But they, can they can they claim Jameer Gibbs? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Um, I do want to say they this. Do, they do ahead. have one big one there, though. Do you know who it is? It's escaping me. It's on the tip of my tongue. Come
1: though. on. Uh,
0: is it Jeff Sims?
1: It's Calvin Johnson.
0: God. <laughs> not Jeff Sims. That's crazy. No, Um his adot felt like after week five, like they started using him a little bit differently. I kind of, I I, I kind of like that when teams want to explore if they can use him in more ways than one.
1: Right, and that's the whole thing with like guys like Eugene Wilson, guys like Barry and Brown. That like when they eventually put more on their plate, it didn't exactly excel. At least for Barry and Brown, we have yet to see with Eugene Wilson, but that's the kind of worry with Eugene Wilson going forward. And guy like this, we need to see different usage and see what they can do outside this role.
0: Yeah. I like that call. I really do. I want to dive more into his tape in the offseason. You know what's going to happen, though? Felix is going to pump him up just the way he did Scroll White. He'll be like a third round. <laughs> He's going to be like his guy. new
1: Jalen Waddle or something. Or, I mean, yeah. um, not Jalen Waddle. Uh, who's the guy who went to TCU? His name's escaping me. He had a nice game this past week. <sighs> not Quentin Johnson. Oh, Jojo Earl. Jojo Earl. Oh, thank you. Jojo Earl. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I wanted
0: some honorable two personally i want to talk about chase brown the kansas state university quarter or excuse me wide receiver that just lost his quarterback um chase brown's a really good route runner i actually do believe that he's a little bit on the skinnier side i mean it's a freshman they all are but he's been showing off like pretty good ability to get separation he's got I, they haven't credited him with enough drops because i keep saying i watch way too much kansas state football they do not like he's getting that. Uh, that Xavier worthy treatment where they don't credit him with enough drops. But <laughs> anyway, he, he does get separation. I kind of like that. It really does show some good route running. um I guess this past weekend, that snow game, like that sucks, but like, which wasn't snowing. Uh, but I yeah. think Chase Brown's going to be the face as far as receiver room starting next year. you really saw them fall off of like Philip Brooks and whoever else they had over there. Keegan Johnson can't stay healthy. Uh, so I like Chase Brown. Of course, you have any honorable missions at all.
1: Yeah, I'd mention one I'll mention one here, but I am a little bit worried about Kansas State with the passing game where it's headed yes. like without Will Howard now. Like is Avery Johnson gonna be the guy, like a guy that I'm not sure of as a passer really? Is there gonna be just more running? Is it gonna be more like when Dorian Thompson Robinson you know what I mean? Like like that kind of, yeah. I mean, um sorry, Adrian Martinez. Thank you, AJ Martinez. Yeah, same, same shit anyway. So, but yeah, same same exact kind of usage. It's going to be more like that, where we're not really going to see much from the passing game. So, that's my one worry with that. But if I was to go, that's a little bit deeper than I would have gone, but I appreciate you for bringing that name out. If I was to give another Face of the Future award, I think Lenore Sellers is going to be a guy that we're going to be talking about a lot heading up oh, the next yeah. season. Quarterback for South Carolina. We only saw him really in like brief stints this year, but went four for four for like 84 yards or something. And a touchdown really nice back shoulder throw, really nice long throw had like a 30 yard touchdown run as well. Very athletic guy at like six 240 pounds. We really think as a company that there could be something here. I feel like we, you really don't hear a lot about him outside of our doors. Just expect this guy to really be a, a face of the future. And a, the guy that's going to be talked about leading up to your drafts next year.
0: My other, that was a good one. That was a good one. That was such an obvious one too. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know what I mean. anyway, <laughs> I have one more honorable mention here. I kind of just discovered him recently out of like four hours ago. Uh,
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's always good. That's always good. <laughs> a lot of time went into this one.
0: Yeah. Well, it was, anyway, uh, Devin Dan- Dampier, Dampier, Dampier.
1: Devin Dampier
0: of New Mexico, right? New Mexico just fired their coach. And I know it's not a good conference, but Devin Dampier has been like good like he's a true freshman right so only has one star to his name but on 62 attempts he has 39 completions for 507 yards that's six touchdowns zero interceptions he only has a 2.7 turnover worthy throw rate so he's pretty safe with the ball not putting it harms away while also having a 12.8 a dot so he likes to challenge the ball downfield and throw deep he's 6 foot 8 198 pounds he also is a rushing threat. He's a dual threat quarterback. Fifty-three rushing attempts for three hundred and forty-eight yards and four touchdowns. He does have two fumbles with that. Got to put that out there. But like overall, like I think this is a Debbie show. This is a C to C show, though. But if if I'm if I'm getting my draft ready for C to C, like this is a late round target I want to get because you can have a dual threat quarterback for the next four years. This is last year. I think I called out Byron Brown around this time of the year. I think this is my like Byron, maybe Devin the new Mexico quarterback.
1: Byron Brown helped me carry to my only championship this week. What a rough weekend for me though, by the way, I had three championships. I only walked away with one. So that was pretty upsetting, but
0: yeah, he was part more...
1: of, he was part of the one I got. So I'm hoping for a stat correction in one and maybe I'll get another one. But yeah, unfortunately that, that was how my weekend went. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough. Were you, did you have any championships this weekend or no? I made it to one and lost. It wasn't even
0: like really that close. Uh, like, I put up 201 points, and if you're going to the championship game, you got to put up like 250. So,
1: oh, yeah. One of my, yeah, and like the league of record, I put up like 170. So, I lost like KJJ early. You saw my quarterback matchups. That was a bad one. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was tough, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Um, wait, guys, that's it for our award episode. We just want to check in with our deep shots. We keep like hinting at it, uh, these past couple weeks. Um, Checking in with Mike's misfits. Corey had his own D shops too. We gotta we gotta make a we gotta pick a name for your D right. Shop, like
1: I was Corey. I was thinking exa- I wrote that here too. I was like, well, well what can you yeah. call? What goes with Corey? Nothing. Corey's Corey's uh, C- C- pals. Carrera's pals. Pereira's pals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll 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 workshop it. We'll figure out something better. If you if anybody yeah. out there has something better, hit me with it for for my group of uh, little rascals here, anyways. But yeah. We'll head into these guys here. You've got a much longer list than me, um, so I'll let you start here with uh, one Louisville wide receiver who actually flashed a little bit uh, this season.
0: Yes, this is like the one lone bright spot of the wide <laughs> receivers, um, Chris Bell. I can't take full credit for this. Chris Bell was really discovered by a big wide receiver guy. He's a part of a recruiting team. Chris Bell is two six foot, two two hundred and twenty five pounds. He's also like a build up speed runner, kind of tough to bring down. Uh, in high school, he actually dominated Travis Hunter uh, in the high school circuit, which we're also finding out now that Travis Hunter just can't win the bully ball game. So, so I should just, be a wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, I almost put him for an award, but anyway, we're already past that. Yeah. Um, but Chris Bell has, I think, been the really consistent, like, our, I can't say consistent, but he's he's flash enough to be like the wide receiver two, three in this offense and Jamari thrash is gone. I don't know if Jamari thrash like, is like dominator scores, but it's gotta be something like 35, 40%. So it's yeah. wide open and they're not, there's no clear guy to step up. I'm sure they go to the portal here, but I'm, I still think Chris bell who has increased his usage from like year one to year two, which is kind of like what you like to see. I, I think he has another chance to step up again. Maybe. I don't know if he's going to take it over, but I think he can, he can take another step up, but he, he, again, he's, He's got that pro typical X size and, and play
1: style. Yeah. And I think that his flash kind of coincided with Jamari thrash going out. Right. If I'm not mistaken, anyways, I was wondering Jamari thrash hurt like his hand or whatever, that he started to show up a little bit more, which like, it was good to see that they went to kind of rely on him after that. So maybe something in the future there for him, especially with Jamari thrash going to be leaving next year. And this system, taking more of a more growth in year two here as well. Right. We say that a lot with these systems that they get better as when you first bring one in, it kind of takes a while for it to keep growing. And now it has a chance to really blossom in, in year two for him. Uh, on my side, uh, I went with one, I'll go with one right here at the top. Um, at my school, I like to call myself a fan over the Georgia bulldogs. I'm going to a wide receiver there that I've just kind of liked for a long time. Um, uh, Mr. Dylan bell, um, not a ton of raw production from him. I just, I still don't hate this call, though. Regardless of the raw production, you know, I know I comped him to Debo Samuel's, but he—that's just for fun. Like he's a very versatile player who's on that spectrum of like, Lavis, Lavisca Chenault uh Cordell patterson debo samuel spectrum you, right like like you love yag I, players, inside, don't you like a lot of who doesn't who doesn't uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> i i like i love yag players if you can get a ball and create something after the catch it makes it pretty damn easy for, to get the ball to you you know what i mean so yeah that is something that i do actually like a lot in my my uh, wide receivers and i like versatility which dylan bell also has uh only 22 catches for 250 yards this year but spotlighted as the backup running back as well. When the Bulldogs backfield wasn't healthy, took 25 rushes for 157 yards and two touchdowns and even played a little bit of quarterback Threw an 18 yard touchdown this year. Didn't really play it. Obviously it was a trick play, but whatever a little bit of versatility there. Nice build at 6'1, 210. I don't know if he can ever be an early round pick. Don't know if, he'll ever really be productive at georgia which makes him a hard investment in in like c2c leagues but i just feel like i see a player who eventually is going to be playing on sundays i just don't know as to what level yet but still i kind of still like him as like a little little underrated guy here
0: i I got a question for you then because i like dylan bell too i I always felt like he played i can't say behind but like kind of plays behind lad mcconkey yeah Yeah, but like they also have that Mecha Muse, I hope I'm saying the name right. Do you think he, he can take he can overtake Mecha Muse to kinda of get that lateral That's kind of there.
1: Yeah, like Muse, I know has been used as a returner a lot. I think they like him in like the the end around game, stuff like that. Yeah. Like I I think Dylan Bell has a little bit more to him in like that. They like, put him in the backfield. They even threw him outside. They threw him a nice touchdown pass. I think last week as well, but I think it got called, got called back on penalty. That was like the minute he caught it. Too, I was I I think I messaged you in the chat and I was like I really like Dylan Bell, and you were like yeah. I kind of like him too. Like <laughs> the minute he almost caught that or whatever. So yeah, I, don't know. I I see some things there that I think that I think will translate to the next level, but we'll, we'll see. This could be one of those profiles that has no production that you're just gonna have to kind of put a little bit of faith into.
0: Yeah. So my last, and I should say my last, my, well, no, actually, yes. My last semi-success story here in the wide receiver room um, is giving Malachi Fields here, the West Virginia wide receiver. He like broke his leg early sophomore year. So we didn't get to see him except for like 17 snaps before their season uh, ended before the tragedy or after the tragedy. Um, But uh, Fields though, 58 receptions for 811 yards and five touchdowns. He is playing second fiddle to Malik Washington, who is a, what they call a finalist, uh, they're using Fields as like a short area threat. I think that's not the right way to use him. I think he's got a better jump ball, by adjustment abilities, get like contested catches kind of downfield. Mm-hmm. Not use like a short area, like want to get him the ball in space for Yak. Uh, but at least that's how it feels like he's getting used. I think Fields can still offer more, so I'm not like out on Fields. I'm certainly not touting him nearly as much as I was before, but. Uh, I would like to see, like, you, when you're in your third year, I think you need to take over the number one role. So if not, I'm not too interested in your future.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah, he definitely had a, a few flashes this year. But, yeah, it, it's hard to keep relying on a profile. that just won't break out at some point. Um, heading over to my guy, I, again, I'm going to follow your track here, and I'm going to go with a guy who I, I still consider moderately successful. Uh, I'm going over to Duke, wide receiver Jordan Moore it was up and down this year like he didn't do too bad but like Riley Leonard getting hurt in the, for like the majority of the middle of the season there that was a big part of it right this guy was converted quarterback uh showed some natural hands as a receiver last year only in his second year of that transition so he still improved a little bit in most major categories more receiving yards more touchdowns was a little bit better everywhere else but it was hard to be super productive uh without Leonard there i will just say in games with Leonard this year averaged 87 yards and 0.6 touchdowns a game. So it was definitely better with him. So I'm still somewhat interested. I've comped him to a guy like Jacoby Myers before a guy who I don't feel like is super athletic. Another converted quarterback as well. Just understands like, you know, understands coverage. I think coming from that quarterback position, you understand where, where to sit in zones, what you want from a wide receiver to do as a quarterback. You can now do as a wide receiver, like translating that. So I think they make it easy as somewhat like easy type, uh, wide receivers for their quarterbacks, easy targets, um, so I think he kind of falls in that spectrum and still a guy that I'm going to be watching out for. I don't know what's going to happen with dude. Cause a lot of rumors around Riley Leonard right now, but we'll see what happens with this guy.
0: Yeah. So I'm just going to roll through all of the failed wide receivers <laughs> shots real quick. So <laughs> Let's start off. Uh, Joseph Griffin, Jr. Of Boston college. He showcased some nice, like buy adjustment type catches last year, like not just like one or two, but it was like five or six. Like they had really inaccurate quarterback play. They got rid of Phil Jerkovich. They benched uh Moorhead this year. Uh, so it's been like quite a wild ride for them at quarterback, but he just couldn't get on the field. I know he was dealing with injury to start off the season, but I really couldn't keep, I didn't really keep up with him as the season went along and he just did not seem to step up. Over to Octavian Smith Jr., wide receiver from Maryland. Dude was a safety converted wide receiver late into high school, was a really highly rated athlete. I want to say he was a top tier to recruit. Um, beat the year one zero mold. You know, like his tape didn't show a lot of route running. I was more about like he's got the speed. I hope he develops more. Definitely got some pretty good like rotational playing time early in the season and was just dropped. I, I remember he like dropped like three balls in one game. He just couldn't get it going. camden Brown, wide receiver from Auburn, had a really great all-season story. His whole freshman year is pretty good. Uh also injured start of the season and just couldn't get it going. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys I watched a lot of Auburn this year. I certainly did not want to torture myself like that, so I did not. I did watch that Alabama game, though. That was pretty fun. But uh, Camden Brown has just not stepped up as a second-year player. And then finally, Amari Evans, the ultra-athlete here uh, for Penn State. Like Penn State's room is just wide open, and they wait forever to get someone out of the portal. And he just did not step up. He didn't step up. I don't know. Didn't get increased snaps. Didn't get increased playing time used them on special teams last year. So you know it, it's a three-star guy. A lot of these guys too. Like I hate shooting from deep now because the transfer portal just, you know, like why would they want to develop their three stars <laughs> yeah. and just go get some fifth year player from the G five and do the same thing? So yeah.
1: <laughs> so what what are what are the rules of the list though? So you got your Mike Misfits list now, you've got this. What happens next year? Are you allowed to continue guys onto the list, or do you have to have new guys every year? Now, so like the I, guys that have failed, are they off the list now? They're done.
0: The whole point of Mike's misfits were like breakout players that people aren't talking about. And so there's some yeah. names on here that I left on here because people are talking about them. But I was <laughs> kind on of a first, I think. So they're on here. So I was going to give like half credit for a few of these guys. But yeah, like no one no one at the company cared about Chris Bell, Malachi, Felix, Joseph I think Felix like Joseph Griffin. But <laughs> no one besides Felix like Joseph Griffin or... Octavia Smith, Camden Brown, Amari Evans. Like, Amari Evans got some the recruitment team, but yeah. like. You know. I'm
1: surprised you don't have. I'm surprised you don't have Hunter here. I feel like that's like your, your, oh. uh, the, your king of your misfits. <laughs> I don't know if he failed or not. Yeah, okay. So, you know, he, he didn't of, fail. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he failed. I actually thought he actually did well considering his situation. Yeah, I thought he did okay. So, Jeremiah Hunter is who Corey is referencing from
0: Cal. I've been talking yeah. about Jeremiah Hunter now since last. It's been over a year. I've been talking about it for over a year. Uh, and I'm still in on him. He's actually in the article. I comped him to Joshua Palmer. Actually, he's six foot two, two hundred. Um, had his best game ever of the year. Actually, against UCLA, eight for one hundred and one and two touchdowns on twenty five snaps. But anyway, he's gone through I think like three or four QBs in his three game and his three years of like no, he's been through like more than that. I think he's been five QBs. He's been through a ton of QBs while being a part of Cal for three years, going through different systems of run first and pass first. He had Jack Plummer. So he's just showcased like a complete skill set, but it's hard for me to say that he has anything high end. Like he certainly doesn't have high end footwork, but like he's a receiver that shows that he can do it all at like a good enough level. So I'm not out. Uh, We'll see if he gets a senior bowl invite. I think he should. I really do think he should, but he's been, he's been productive three years in a row. He's also got really strong hands. I always liked his hands and his body adjustment type stuff.
1: No, I think he could be like a role type player. I think when I talked to you before, I think I comped him to like a role I could see for in the NFL is like Michael Gallup. What Michael Gallup does for like yeah, the, yeah. the Cowboys right now. Like he's a big contested catch guy, kind of like maybe not the fastest, but really excels there. Like in that type of role, I could see him being a wide receiver three for a team or something. You know, he's good at that one singular role. So that's. That's something that's good for him. But uh my two dead wide receivers here, I'll just say from my list, not as not as extensive as Mike's. I'm still trying to figure out who's, cl- who's claimed to Hugh, but but two guys here. I was pretty big on Dante Stevens' transition from Kent State as well from last year going to Penn State, uh, a place that needed a lot of wide receivers. And I thought that I had seen some some nice ability from him that kind of related to guys in the past. Like I thought he had some John Dotson-type movement skills. I thought he had some of that in his repertoire. He came into uh, Penn State pretty late in the summer, came with an injury, really didn't get good playing time to like the middle of the season, and then still just hasn't done nothing. He just hasn't done nothing. I'm just, I'm ready to forget about him. So he'll be up the list. And the other guy was Deshaun, Deshaun Stribling, I guess is how you kind of say his name. There's yeah, a Deshaun. scene there. Yeah, yeah. So Deshaun Stribling, which is from Washington State, a guy who was productive there before they became more of like an offensive team, but he was pretty productive there came over to oklahoma state started the year out okay there this year but then he had a season-ending injury and that was the end of him but now i think he's entering fourth year with not a lot to his name he's probably a guy that i won't consider part of this list going into next year (laughs) um i have some running backs here i want to talk about a little bit Mm -hmm. more success here i
0: do want to do do we want to share credit for cj donaldson or are you just embarrassed because I'll, i'll take the shame
1: no i mean you can take it i wouldn't even say that that's like necessarily fair to put that blame all on you either. Cause that was just, and we shared the same feelings though on season. Like we said that he was just interesting enough that he deserved to be watched coming into this year because of, like, the build, the profile, everything he was doing, but we both had questions about his film. Like, I don't even think you got to take credit for this one. Yeah, you failed, but no, I don't think you got to take credit as a. Yeah, for that well, one. oh, yeah, but I pumped
0: him up to like RB, like, 16 because I hated the class so much, which turned out to okay, be the bad no. answer to hate the class. Now, so yeah, I, I pumped him up.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> RB16 in this upcoming, no, not this upcoming, like, overall, Devie running backs?
0: yeah like pre-season i think i had him like i'll pull it up, I'm pulling Ooh,
1: it up. okay yeah now you have to take credit for him yeah <laughs> those, those are the rules those yeah, are the 16. rules I, <laughs> had him, I had him
0: 16 that's why I, I had him at 20 by the time pre-season like like pre-season was here but yeah. draft I, think he season,
1: pe- I think he peaked yeah. like high 20s for me or something because I, I agree there was some interest there but then just as i kind of looked at the profile more and everything i just kind of kept bumping him down bumping him down and then Nothing really stood out about this year, I would say.
0: No, no, he didn't look good. They're they're running more with um, Jaheim White, the like five foot seven. Right, I've been mean to right. look
1: into him actually a, b- a little bit, but uh, I, he is very small. But he's been doing very well over the past like backstretch here.
0: Yeah, definitely a good CFF asset for sure. I think. Yeah. I think not our lane, not our show, but <laughs> yeah, not early. Not yeah. Um, So CJ Donaldson there. Uh, I, I was, I was pushing Jonathan Brooks pretty hard in the offseason. season. Uh, I should say pretty hard. I was pushing him though, especially at the Debbie guy, because I wrote his Debbie guy profile, watched a lot of Texas football. Like I thought he was really yeah. efficient with his touches that he was given. Like there wasn't anything flashy about him. He was just really efficient. And I didn't understand why everyone's debating Bucky Irving, who I know we don't like at this company. But like, and that was like my whole thing during the Debbie guy. And I'm like, dude, if you're going to put Bucky at this tier, like you got to put Jonathan Brooks at this tier. So I was only one yeah. defending him. And he ser- I'm not going to say that this year was what my expectation was. He certainly blew away my expectations. I didn't think he was going to do this this year. Mm-hmm. But I thought Jonathan Brooks was going to take over the one role. I thought he was going to lose it to CJ Baxter eventually. Not as early as other people did, but I thought he was going to lose it eventually. Probably like after like the late week bye. But I I... I liked Don Jonathan Brooks like this year and and it
1: really worked out. I have a lot of Jonathan Brooks. Well, torn ACL, but, but it worked out there for a (laughs) while. It did. It did. I'll, I'll absolutely give you that one. I have no problem giving you that one. There was very few people pumping him up. um, At least that I talked to as much because, you know, maybe, maybe small circle type of thing, but still you were the only one really like, right. Pushing for him a little bit harder. And again, we do a show together every week. So I hear you talking about, I'll definitely give you that one. Um, And again, blew away my expectations as well. I don't think that uh, I don't really think that what I said in the preseason (laughs) worked out very well for Brooks. I just didn't really think that he was super efficient. I didn't think he looked super good in the bowl game when he finally got the chance that year. And he, he blew that out of the water this year. Like if he didn't have the ACL, he still probably would have been like a top six running back for me, but I still didn't love him, I guess, but that's a win for you. I'll give you that one. I'm going to go to my side and I'm going to go to who, the guy that I consider a win at least. And it's, it's a little bit deeper in the realm of like, what his Debbie value might be? Cause there, I think there's still some room to climb here, but I'm going over to Kansas state running back with DJ Giddens. I, uh, you know, everybody was so ready to crown Trayshon Ward coming over from FSU. Uh, but I actually thought Giddens flashed behind deuce fall the previous year. Like he didn't blow anything away like from a a metric standpoint from advanced stats standpoint, but like to the eye test, it was a good pass catcher, um, good vision at the line of scrimmage, kind of a slasher type running style. And like, you're seeing that all from him this year. I think he essentially halfway through this year, um, you know, it was split for most of the year with Trace Sean Ward. And he just kept producing big numbers and being more efficient. He essentially took this job by halfway through the season. Um, Over a 1,000 yards rushing now, over 300 through the air, uh, has a 200-yard rushing game as well, finishing the season really strong. So I imagine he returns next year and can continue to improve, maybe show a little more juice. I think that was one thing we and you talked about a little bit that we'd like to see improve. We're not sure about the athleticism level there, Um, but he does a lot of the little things right. I'm very happy with this call, Um, and I think he'll be somebody, especially with Trash on War Transferring out, that even a lot of CFF guys are going to be looking at next year.
0: Yeah. So I I commonly joke, like, there's always like one running back each year that like, gets the good enough award
1: once the NFL yeah. draft rolls around, where
0: like they check all the boxes that like, we just don't love, like the NFL traits, but then they land into a superb, like, uh, landing spot. Damian Pierce with the Texans, like, he certainly won that award that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Algier with the Falcons. Like, there's always like one guy each year that is, and TJ Gittens, like, feels like a really prime candidate at the minimum next year for that. Yeah. I, I do I also want to, that, yeah. I wanted to add to this too, dude, because I again I wrote my like big board articles. Um twenty one of his thirty-eight uh receiving targets were past the line of scrimmage.
1: Yes, I actually remember that as part of his profile. He actually had a, a pleasant, a, a good A dot to his profile, and he's targeted like down the field. If you look even at last year's tape, he's like catching balls over defenders. Like it's actually a pretty good part of his of his profile. It's one of the things I like about it.
0: Yeah, he's got two catches past ten yards downfield, but twelve of them pass line of scrimmage total. So I mean, that's pretty. I mean, that's good. I mean, dump off is like you know you want that, but like you hope they do more. Like that's a running back doing more.
1: Yeah, exactly. And split out and stuff. There's there's versatility there that I think is going to translate to the NFL eventually. I have two left that I don't know if I can claim full credit for, but I will start off with TJ Harden,
0: who I did talk about last year in mm. December. Um, really flashed as a true freshman down the stretch. Nothing like big, just efficient running. Um, and then there was no one coming in for UCLA for a transfer. So I was like, dude, TJ Harden actually is a, is a dude. Like He's a dude. He's not just a guy. This guy's a dude. And then Carson Steele came in, and I it's not don't just even a guy, he's me. a dude. <laughs> not, that guy's a dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh Carson Steele, like, I don't know. I've written his profile for the Debbie guy two years in a row, and I do think he improved. I don't know if he improved enough for me to care, but like they came out splitting the backfield to start the year off. So that was disappointing. Um, and then I think like Carson Steele started giving it up down the stretch. I'm trying to confirm this year. Yeah, Carson Steele started slowing down like second half of the year, but TJ Harden's to continue to look good. I think TJ Harden started overtaking Carson Steele. So uh, I'm claiming TJ Harden, although I do think other people started talking about him probably two or three months after I was, which really wasn't. i like missed it by the time like the Debbie
1: guy rolled around,
0: but I like <laughs> TJ Harden. I still think he wins this job by next year for sure.
1: I actually remember he was a bowl game guy for you. So I can give you credit yes. all the way back to the bowl game that you talked about seeing him flash there and being like, this could be a guy for like the next year. So I'll definitely give you credit on that. And yeah, he did. They were sharing it in the beginning, but, but very high efficiency to start the year. 6.9, 10.1, 13.2. Like, but that was all non-conference and conferences slowed down a little bit. They were lying yeah, on I steel. But yeah. Back yeah. half of the season, very strong, though. 22 for 142 he had uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, he's he's always been a guy that's popped. It's been up and down, like inconsistent, right? We want to see it like all come together for like a full picture for him to get a better like read on it. So we'll see what happens next year. Maybe he can be the guy for them next year, you know, depending on... I mean, Steele, I think he's... I don't even know eligibility rules anymore, so don't even ask me.
0: I, they're <laughs> like the same. He's only like one year older, so they both have eligibility. Yeah, I, I don't know how, how much I believe in Harden anymore. Like, I, I
1: still, like i don't know no that's good that's good i will go with one uh i'm gonna give myself a little bit of a hard time here i'll go with one that didn't necessarily work out for me i was still out here pumping up ej smith going into the season which is just awful to say right now i almost want to throw up but (laughs) he's had opportunities this year he had a brief run at the beginning of last year that gave me confidence because then he had the season ending injury and i was like well he looks so good for like those two weeks. He'll come back, but he's just, he's not a good rusher. Okay. And people have pointed out before, and I should have like, I sure listened, but I think his future might be at wide receiver. I think he actually led Stanford in receiving last game, which is kind of weird, but I think he might just be the guy who's a slot guy at the next level or, or at least transition there. See if he can work out to get you to the next level level, but he's off the Debbie radar for me. He's on, you know, I should have listened to you guys a long time ago With down. one,
0: <laughs> Yeah my last one here i'm gonna put a little asterisk next to it with a name jordan james is running back i think i've been pumping up for a while but i don't know if it's just been me i'm gonna i'm throwing out colin's name colin decker of the um the third or fourth popular podcast in this feed campus life um but colin decker is also i know is a jordan james fan so um, but I remember liking Jordan Williams a lot. I think I was pushing him also on the Devi to be higher than he was. He's had another efficient year of 94 rush attempts for 266 yards and 10 touchdowns with zero fumbles. He has been the goal line back for Oregon now for like two years, five foot 10, two Oh five. He was originally a commit to Georgia uh, before Paul committed. He decommitted Kimo to Oregon. Um, at least he has healthy knees though. So he's got that going for him. Uh, but he's been really efficient every time he touches the ball. And if Bucky Irving goes to the NFL draft, which I think most of us are assuming that he does like Jordan James can be talked about. as like, Oh, huge stock up. Like this guy's going to be like a thousand yard rusher. And I think that's going to be pretty accurate. So I think Jordan James is a pretty pretty big name to watch next year. And I don't know if I can claim as a misfit. I don't think I will. I don't think I will, but it definitely was one of the higher names on him.
1: I just let you talk about him just for the sake of the show. Just, it was a good segment to let the people know, but I definitely can't let you claim him as a. Okay. A, exactly. I, know, I know Felix has been pumping his name for a couple of years. Now I remember that like were, when he was a Georgia committee, I never heard him talk. To well, him that's about it. what I'm saying. Even they were really? all high on him as freshmen. So I, I think okay. a lot of you believed okay. in the talent that it would come through eventually. Right. So I think that's fair yeah. to say that there, there's other people on him, So that's fine. I, I I'd also put an asterisk by my other guy and I'm just going to give credit to Brandon Sanders, Uh, He does the freshman, the future freshman pod that we do every year. Me and him do the running back, an annual thing now almost every year. He mentioned Parker Jenkins the Houston running back. And I ended up looking into him. Let me know that there were some ties there, I guess, uh, between high school and coaching staff that that really worked out from that. He thought that he could get a leg up and he he did. He had a very nice athletic profile, Parker Jenkins as well. Um, I can't remember the exact numbers right now, but it comes to some very nice guys. I think it's like a 10.700 meter dash, um, a decent build on him flashed in the one game against like, I want to say Sam Houston state this year went off for like one Oh five and two. And like, mildly flashed after that, uh, and points, they started using him a little bit more, but he could be the future of this program. But also I don't know if he flashed enough down the stretch to really claim that. So still a guy that's a lot up in the air, but a good athletic profile. And one that I would consider at least a decent hit, especially, you know, going in on a freshman like this, but again, can't take full credit. Got to give some Brandon Sanders there, but I was in on him. I brought him on rosters and I've got him loaded up. I I, I went in on him, uh, in a lot of startup drafts this year.
0: All right, guys, Luke, that wraps it up. Any,
1: any last-minute additions, Corey, before we go, before we,
0: we head out here into the sunset?
1: No, that's good. I think this was a good season wrap episode, a lot, accountability episode, give out some awards here. And now I think as we transition, we're going to start looking forward. We're going to start looking at you new know, bowl game risers, look at the senior yes. bowl, start looking at this draft class. There's a lot of excitement coming up. This is a good way to wrap the season and move forward.
0: Yeah, the next two episodes in no particular order because it's a little bit slow of an off-season compared to last year. We want to talk about the senior bowl, waiting for more accepted invites to get in before we start talking about that. Uh, we want to talk about the coaching carousel. Obviously, like, we're still early into it. And then the portal opens up next week. We want to check that out. Um, and keep in mind, too, when these coaches leave and new coaches come in, the incumbent, like, starters, they like, the new coach staff has no loyalty to them.
1: Hmm. So, like,
0: these guys might also hit the portal. So, Texas A&M, like, look for Evan Stewart's name. Uh, with Duke, like, look for Riley Leonard and Jordan Moore's name. Um, Dana Horgerson just got fired. I, Matthew Golden, please hop in the portal. Head off somewhere else, please. Like yeah. do yourself a favor. Go to go to Washington. Go to Washington with Will Howard. How about that? Mm-hmm. The Kalen, the board. Who wouldn't love that? Anyway, guys, that wraps up for our show tonight. From Corey and from Mike. Good night and good luck.